Hello and welcome to Exploding Helicopter, where we celebrate the cinematic art of helicopter explosion. That's because films are always better when helicopters explode. So on each show we're going to look at a film which features our favourite form of fiery aviation delight. We're going to honour those who bring us innovative, imaginative and ingenious chopper fireballs, as well as call out the filmmakers who dishonour the art with poorly executed whirlybird conflagrations. My name is Will and I'm your host and on this show we're going to be discussing the Arnold Schwarzenegger action classic Predator, a film where helicopters play a pleasingly central role. To uh, help me with that I want to introduce my guest, he's a long-time contributor to the uh, Exploding Helicopter website, a man who never has time to bleed, he's a sexual tyrannosaurus, (laughs) old painless himself, welcome to the show Dara. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, Will. I am a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus, so you got it. You got it right. I'm glad you got it right. So, before we get stuck into today's film, Dara, can you sort of uh, tell me about anything interesting you've seen lately? Completely opposite end of the spectrum to uh, Predator. I um, recently saw a film called Catch Me, Daddy. Um, it's a British movie dealing with honor killings in the north of England. It's very bleak, directed by Daniel Matthew Wolf. I think this might be their first time directorial debut uh, as well. Amazing for a first time director debut. Um, very, very bleak. It's basically concerns Muslim family. The young girl decides that she wants to live more of a Western life and leaves the uh, pressures of her, of her dad and hooks up with uh, a bit of a down and out boyfriend in a remote caravan in the north of England, living a bit of a bit of a boring life, a bit of a drug filled life. And the dad sends basically some desperados after on her trail to bring her back home. And basically it all goes it all goes a bit pear shaped. I don't want to spoil it, but I really do recommend this film. It's, it is amazing. It's very, very powerful. The ending will leave you basically with your mouth open. It is uh, a, a very impressive film. What uh, what drew you to it? Because it sounds a singularly depressing experience. When I'm um, seeing films, uh, we've got luckily in Brighton, we've got a pretty good um, couple of pretty good cinemas in, in the Duke of York's and Duke of York's at Comedia do show films that are not at your, your normal cineplex. And this one just had amazing reviews, so I thought, oh, I'll give it a try. But yeah, you do you do have to kind of be in the mood. Um, don't go down there if you've got any thoughts of suicide, because that that might be what you end up doing. Okay, well, um, I'll uh, I'll make sure that um, I've got a couple of Prozac ready to. Uh, to it's not the most glowing reference, but do do watch it. It's re- very very good. Okay, well, um, as for myself, alongside watching Predator, I also watched uh, Predators, the uh, 2010 sequel, which was uh, produced by uh, Robert Rodriguez. And I think um, it's not a film that has a lot of love for it, but I actually think that it is a really great sequel. I think it really honours a lot of the sort of traditions and moves that are made in the first film. And um, I really enjoy the way that it's paced. It doesn't kind of teases out the introduction of the of the Predator. So it doesn't kind of, you know, just throw all its sort of treats and toys at you straight from the uh, straight from the outset. Um, it's not to say that I think it's a perfect film. I've got a few issues with it. I don't think for me, Adrian Brody isn't the best leading man in this film. And I'm not sure that the ensemble cast that they've got together is works quite as well as uh, as the uh, original film 
Rodriguez was mentioning that um, he didn't want to have, have an Arnie-type character for that film. He wanted someone a little bit more wimpier. I think he just was didn't want to sort of clash with the original Predator. That's why he went that way. Whether it works or not, well, that's a matter for debate. It's not so much the type of character. I think it's just Adrian Brody himself. I think it's a really good idea, actually, to sort of get somebody who, you know, isn't a big... Um, sort of muscle man yeah is a big muscle man I think that was a really good idea I just unfortunately I just don't really take to Adrian Brody as a as an actor in this uh, in this particular role you don't really buy it as much as you would do I I, I definitely get where you're coming from I I like the idea though being sort of stuck on a sort of you know specifically taken to a planet uh, you know, as as the hunted prey, I quite like. That's a good idea. Execution is not wasn't quite as good as original Predator. Okay, well, I think that leads us nicely on to uh, getting stuck into uh, the film we're going to be sort of talking about on this show. So we're looking at the 1987 action classic Predator. ever been on earth before we cannot see it but it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear it kills for pleasure it hunts for sport but this time it's picked the wrong man to hunt he is the ultimate warrior If he is to destroy it, he must become more than a man. More than an animal. He must become the very spirit of the Predator. Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator. Soon the hunt will begin. So Predator was John McTernan's first Hollywood, uh, big Hollywood studio film, and it was another stepping stone on Arnie's rise to uh, stardom. Dara, what was, when did you sort of first see Predator? What's your history with this film? Only when this came out on terrestrial TV, I think, did I first ever see it. But I've probably seen it, it must be at least 50 times, and it basically never fails to impress. I, I, I will watch it again and again and again. That's the mark of a good film. So how old, how old were you, you, do you reckon, when you sort of first came into contact with this film? I reckon probably about, I don't know, 13, 14, maybe something like that. That was probably about the age that, um, that I first saw this film. And I remember um, sort of very clearly getting it from the sort of my dad bringing it home from the video shop. And I just remember watching it and just being completely gripped and it just being sort of like one of the most exciting films that I had probably mm-hmm. ever seen in my life so uh, it definitely kind of a similar sort of uh, experience yourself in the sense that this was a film that just sort of like indelibly stamped itself uh, onto my uh, consciousness definitely I mean there's so much to this film in terms of things that you distinctly remember in terms of the 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 pacing the layout the the sort of uh, the thermal imaging from Predator if you ever see anything on TV with thermal imaging I'm almost instantly think ah Predator the the one liners this this film is just chock full of one liners and they and they never they 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 entertain every single time it really is, is a classic piece of filmmaking so why do you think that this film has become sort of such a classic why are we why do you think that we're sort of talking about it in such sort of uh, high regard well, I think, first of all, you need, for a film to be good, yes, there's that kind of elements of nostalgia that's good to, 
you know films of that era but you need a decent script and this this has definitely got a decent script the, the plot you could argue is fairly flimsy but it's it's effective it's simple but effective the characters are kind of they're very they're very real they've all got their own little roles in that respect i thought it was quite similar to aliens which is another favorite of mine where you've got a you know crack team of commandos each with their own special special you know techniques and special skills and the you know the banter is it's very well written it's very it's you know it's believable i was watching i watched it again yesterday and i could i you know even though this is an alien coming from outer space and they're in the middle of a jungle i I can believe the story i can believe what's going on i think that's important you make an interesting point, although I disagree with it, because you described the sort of plot as flimsy. But I actually think that one of the great things about action films from the 80s were actually the fact that the plots were really simple. And I think that one of the problems that you sort of get in a lot of action films these days is that they've overly complicated plots with lots True. of sort of double crosses and triple crosses. And, you know, a film like here where the motivations of the characters are really simple simple to understand like arnie's just aren't they aren't they're just trying to stay alive that's it and they've got to get they've got to get from point a to point b and stay alive while doing it and why mess about it's true i i shouldn't have said flimsy i should have said it's simple it's not it's not complicated pretty much anyone could understand it but i guess that is the strength so you mentioned the characters in this film. There's obviously there, you know, it's got a fantastic ensemble uh, ensemble cast here. Um, fantastic, you, yeah, definitely. Do you have any particular sort of favourites amongst them? Well, I know Blaine unfortunately kicks the bucket sooner than other characters. Uh, I would have liked to see die a bit earlier, especially uh, Poncho. Waste waste of time that character. I didn't I didn't like him. But Blaine, he's got the best lines. Uh, obviously played by Jesse Ventura. Uh, went on to greater, bigger, and better things in the political arena, rather like Arnie. Yeah, he's just such a, a cool guy, chewing his tobacco. He's got he's got all the best lines. His MTV shirt that he's wearing under his uh, under his outfit. His massive chain gun. I'm sure everyone as a kid would have liked to have a little play on a chain gun take a jungle apart like he did uh, it's just he's just an all-round you know, quotable interesting amusing character uh, for me for me the, the the top of the bunch and uh, poncho was the was the bottom of the bunch is he for you? he was really he's kind of i you get i get poncho and hawkins kind of they're a bit interchangeable uh, hawkins obviously played by shane black don't they don't really do it the lines aren't really great they kind of you could have done without one of those characters i think and you wouldn't have lost anything Poncho's got a couple of couple of great lines. He's obviously got the classic, uh, you know, he's involved. Well, he hasn't got the classic line, but he's got the classic payoff in the, uh, you know, Jesse Ventura says, uh, you know, I ain't got time to bleed, and uh, Poncho says, well, oh, yeah. have you got time? Have you got time, got time to duck? And uh, that is a good line, but I think that's kind of made by Blaine rather than by him. But I, I take your point. In terms of the other characters, I think there's an interesting aspect to a, a sort of couple of them. So it's only something actually. I, what I've realised on a recent rewatch was the fact that actually a couple of Arnie's team here are actually sort of they're actually pretty mentally unstable. So like within uh, within this team, you've got you've got Mac played by Bill Duke, who kind of goes, you know, who's driven who by the death of because of the death of Blaine, he's driven mad and kind of goes on this suicidal mission after the Predator. And then you've got I'm going to cut your name right into it. <laughs> Sorry, that, just, that, was, that was my Bill Duke impression. And uh, it, it was it was eerily, eerily accurate. <laughs> you've then also got you've also got Billy, who, um, you know, who basically sort of commits borderline suicide um, by deciding to take on the predator 
sort of mano mano AA mano a- alien. God, I can, it's uh, easy easy for you to say. I think he just basically he, he kind of goes uh, excuse the pun a bit native at the end by taking his clothes off. Obviously he's uh, an honorable an honorable man. He wants to die. I think he realizes it's it's all a bit futile. They're all gonna they're all gonna kick the bucket. So he wants to go out his way. See, I kind of I kind of thought that you know this team would be slightly more. Um, you know, able to sort of stand up to pressure, but clearly, you know, maybe this is why they're a rescue team and and not a sort of you know more, more sort of aggressive assassination squad because you know mentally they're just sort of not up to the mark. The problem here, well, unfortunately, is that war can do strange things to a man. It's a it's a touch of the apocalypse now. Colonel Coots into the jungle. The, the sanest man can can go crazy, and I think that's demonstrated right here by these two hard asses losing the plot when the, when the chips are down. The other character in this film that I uh, really like is the uh, is Dylan, played by Carl Weathers, and um, fantastic. I, I don't know what you. Uh, I don't. I've got a bit of a theory about him, which I think is essentially that he is the sort of glue that really sort of holds this film together. Because I think that he obviously you've got like some you know got some great other actors in supporting cast, but they're they're not necessarily the world's sort of uh, greatest actors. Whereas Carl Weathers, um, you know, he's not uh, an Oscar-winning sort of actor himself, but he's got somebody who's got a really sort of solid acting career, and he's, you know, he's got the physical presence and sort of acting chops to sort of really play off Arnie and you know some of the scenes um, that they have together are you know are the ones which sort of move the film along and are you know some of the best in the in the film so kind of I'm thinking of like scenes after the after the attack on the kind of rebels camp and you know Arnie is confronting sort of Dylan about the fact that this mission was all sort of big ruse no one to be rescued it was really just about sort of like getting hold of this uh, getting hold of this paperwork and you know the, the Carl Weathers is you know, start, you know, says, well, you know, you're an asset, an expendable asset. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's there's some really, you know, those um, those scenes that they have together um, for me are some of the best in the in the film. I love I love the beginning, the scene when he, uh, you know, he's out, he, he comes out of the helicopter and he meets up with Carl Withers and uh, the grizzly uh, army colonel. And, you know, they have the they have the um, arm wrestle, the midair arm wrestle. That the homoeroticism in there is perfect for me. I, I loved it. I like these kind of things. They're, they're all greased down. It's all about the muscles. It, it, and in fact, that's a metaphor for their their relationship. Really, it's a kind of uh, there's a there's a battle of wills between the two. Obviously, they know each other in a in a former life as soldiers. Carl Withers obviously turned to the as a as a grey suit, basically a CIA suit. And there's that kind of uh, distrust very earlier on. Even though they're supposedly friends, you can see that um, you know that uh, Arnie and the rest of the team actually get suspicious of it, of of um, his character very quickly. And yeah, and I think that the relationship between them is 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 actually really um, is one of the sort of strengths of the film, of the fact that they do have this backstory that they were soldiers together. That mm-hmm. Dylan has kind of become uh, a CIA agent, and you know he is whilst he you know he starts off the film by basically deceiving by deceiving um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character to kind of get him to take this mission. But then you know at the end of the film he is sort of man enough to kind of sort of take responsibility for the situation and you know try and try and get Mac try and save Mac from himself at the film and there's you know it kind of parts on a sort of note of some sort of reconciliation or mutual sort of respect and I think that that sort of 
that sort of journey of the relationship between two characters is you know just adds like a another sort of you know a layer of richness to the film which could very easily not exist in the in the film what happened dylan you used to be someone i could trust i woke up you put it beautifully you put it beautifully <laughs> yeah it's, it's a good uh, it's a good combo those two but obviously as i say as a part of an ensemble it's uh it, it's a film where all the characters really get to sort of put their stamp on the film is it, you know it's, it's, it's well written talking of performances what do we think of uh, arnold schwarzenegger in this film I would say that this you could argue that this is Arnie's best ever role. I know that's controversial, but I I just really like him in it. I think it plays up to all his all his um he's he's a surprisingly good actor. I know he gets he basically gets a hard time. He, I remember getting a hard time, you know, because all he did was action films. But he's, he's just, I just think he's a really good actor. He, he might not be able to do, uh, you know, Hamlet or something like that. But for these kind of roles, it's very hard to find anyone better than him. He's got the good his combination. He's got his subtlety and humour. And obviously he's got his muscularity for the action roles. So, you, you know, you, he's believable as a, as, a, as a soldier. You know, he's got intelligence there as well. I don't think he gets enough credit. I, th- I think he's, um, I would agree with you, in the right, um, I think he's a bit like John Wayne, with the right director, in the right, with the right script, in the right film, he's actually a very, very effective presence, and uh, I think that he, he knows, um, he knows his limitations as an actor, and I actually think that he is quite good at comedy, in a, in a slightly sort of knowing, yeah, self-deprecating yeah. way, I, I think he has, he has actually got a decent, he can do comedy um, pretty well as well. But the thing I like most about sort of Arnold Schwarzenegger's acting in this film is actually his eye acting, which kind of comes to the fore at the end of the film, where him, uh, where his character is uh, hunting the predator in the in the kind of forest, and there's lots of sort of close-ups there of, of Arnie's face with his eyes kind of moving around his uh, moving around his skull as he senses the predator kind of creeping up behind him or coming or he's looking for the sort of always hiding in a tree and he's he's scanning the bushes and the other trees looking for for the predator there and you know that's you know it's all about you know they say the greatest actors act with their eyes and uh, you know that's what arnie's doing in this film at the end of he- at the end here and he's doing it beautifully for my money i think i think you find that it's called the roger moore school of acting well he's not he's not raising he's not doing anything with his eyebrows he's he's very those his eyebrows are, are very still he's it's all oh, they're stationary okay it's all about the eyeballs it's all about the eyeballs well, I think really um, he, he's kind of forced. It uh, shows his versatility, if, if I'm honest, because really by that point in the film, everyone's dead. Predator's basically killed everyone, so he's got no one really left to talk to apart from himself. So um, he's he's forced into this unconventional style of acting, and I agree with you, it, it does pay dividends. So obviously we need to talk about the uh, helicopter explosion. It's the reason uh, this podcast exists. It's the reason the reason the website exists. It's the reason we're having this conversation um, here today. It's the reason and we're alive. It's, it's the, the reason, reason we're, we're alive. alive. It's the re- it's the reason we watch films for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> So the helicopter explosion in this film happens about a third of the way through. Arnie and his men have kind of attacked this uh, during the attack that Arnie uh, leads on this uh, rebels secret base. He and Dylan come up against a helicopter where some of the uh, where some of the rebels are trying, which are, some of the rebels are trying to use to uh, to escape. Um, Dylan opens fire with a machine gun and shoots out the uh, 
pilot and the co-pilot and then uh, Arnie finishes it off with with a grenade launcher that he's got sort of underneath his uh, machine gun uh, and obviously the combination of the gunfire and the grenade launchers blow out that that sort of helicopter Dara what did you make of the uh, exploding helicopter here well I have to say just that whole scene where they infiltrate the the, mili- the rebel military camp is, is, is really nicely done. This is the kind of filmmaking you don't get so much these days where the explosions are all CGI. They don't, you know, they don't really look authentic. You can tell every single thing that blew up on camera actually blew up for real. So, you know, for me, I think McTiernan um, has to be applauded for his uh, no-nonsense attitude, no CGI. Let's just blow stuff up for real. I just like the, the richness of all the explosions, and that's what you get when you do it for real. During this sequence, there's a couple of uh, sort of nice touches which I enjoyed. So um, the, when Dylan shoots out the sort of pilot and co-pilot, they both um, do that kind of classic sort of waggle their bodies as they're being sort of hit um, to kind of uh, oh, Im- yes, Im- Im- nice. yeah, imitate the effect of being sort of hit by gunfire. I think um, sort of people don't sort of well, that seemed to really sort of die out at the end of the. It's true. People just get shot and fall down now. That's not what you want to see. You want to see people wiggle around it. Right Writhing in pain, I think that's what that is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when a bullet hits you, it's going to have, it's going to make you wiggle about, isn't it? I mean, I've watched, it's caucuses. I've watched enough films to know that's the case, and um, I don't know what's happened. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what's happened to ammunition makers now that the the bullets that they're making just aren't having the the same effect and impact on on people when uh, when they're when they're hit. And there's a couple no, of good. there's a good there's a couple of pe- there's some good firework as well after as part of this sequence. So a couple of people kind of get set on fire and uh, sort of run about um, sort of fully uh, fully on flame. And that's you know I always enjoy seeing a bit of people uh, on fire running about. It's good. There's a, there's a lot of carnage in in that scene. It's uh, it's it really does feel like a gun battle obviously with the exploding helicopter in the middle probably a bit superfluous if we're honest uh normally we're used to seeing the exploding helicopter you know it normally gets hit by something in the sky and hits the ground and blows up so it's quite nice to see something different completely unnecessary but plausible in the circumstances but having said all of those things, there's nothing really particularly innovative about this particular helicopter explosion. Obviously, the no. method is fairly sort of conventional, although it the probably the one thing of note is that is is the first film, the first time on film that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger has um, exploded a helicopter. So, you know, it's kind of important milestone in his historic, career. historic it landmark. It is exactly that. Whilst this exploding helicopter is is perfectly acceptable, you know, it's a good solid entry into the canon of exploding helicopters. We are deprived in this film of of a potentially like really interesting um, exploding helicopter, which earlier in the film, I don't know if you remember, that Arnie and his men find find another helicopter which um, had some other sort of American uh, troops in who'd been sent in previously. In the tree line. In the tree yeah, line. And uh, it's, it, the suggestion is in the film that it, it has been shot down by the Predator. Now, that would have been a hell of a scene to see. It would have been, really. I'm guessing they want to bring you into the film slowly, slowly. Obviously, you don't get to see the Predator for quite a while into the film. So it's a way of kind of ratcheting up the tension. If within the first sort of five minutes, 
you saw, you know, the Predators shoot down with lasers at helicopter. I think it would undermine the sort of um, pacing of the film. So whilst I am disappointed not to see another exploding helicopter, I, I will bow to the director's wishes. And I think he, he made a right call. You know, having said that, I would have liked to have seen uh, that scene. I, I I understand the point that you're making. It would have kind of got in the way of the kind of the flow of the film. But I still I think they could have. They could have just filmed it anyway and then just included it as a as a DVD extra just for that's true just for people like ourselves who really like to watch helicopters explode in unusual ways. They're missing a, a market, really, if you think about it. Really, it, he, I'm sure he regrets not doing that now. I don't know what you think, but I, I have also sort of come to realise with this film that basically this film is all about helicopters because it the film starts with Arnie and his team flying in to uh, this base in a helicopter they have to mm. you know they're then helicoptered into uh onto into their mission they then find this downed helicopter which you know had um, dylan's men on they obviously then have to explode a helicopter as part of part of their mission and then obviously the last half of the film is all about getting to the helicopter so this you know predator is you know helicopters are abs- absolutely central very pleasingly so, to uh, to this film. I, I would have to agree. It's just basically chock full of, of choppers. Uh, and who, who doesn't want that? So many films neglect this fine, fine art. But here at Predator, we get to see helicopters from beginning to end, in the middle. It is an integral part of the story. Interestingly... Um, the burnt-out helicopter still exists. If, you, if you're a real fan of this film and fan of exploding helicopters, if you go to Puerto Vallarta in Mexico, where they did part of the filming, um, the helicopter's still there as a tourist attraction, and you can go and see it, touch it even, oh, uh, which is very exciting. Very, very exciting for me. Exciting for you. I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost exploding with excitement. <laughs> <laughs> it's All a family right. show. Have you, not, have, I'm, I'm, have you been, you've seen it? I, I haven't, but I've heard. I've had a friend of mine has actually seen it, and uh, I was, I was basically, I wanted to know all the details. So yeah, you can go and see it now. It's um, they've kept it. That lots of the it was actually filmed in Palenque. There's some ruins in Palenque. It's in south of Mexico. Puerto Vallarta's. Um, it was also filmed in Puerto Vallarta. Some of the jungle scenes where the helicopter is. Yeah, so it, it's it's a tourist attraction. They've retained it because obviously there's a lot of interest in this film. So anyone going on holiday to Mex- Mexico, put that on your itinerary. I um, I wonder if if we could actually set up some sort of like global movie tour of you know exploding exploding helicopters that you know you could go around to other other countries um, and visit um, the wreckage of exploding helicopters from other famous movies you know I would be absolutely up for that as a kind of like a you know taking a gap year from work touring the globe looking at the, <laughs> <laughs> looking, looking at the shells of these. <laughs> Look at the show. What, what could be like, more exactly? What 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 are useful uh, use of your um, work holidays? Why why not? I, I I would only say, in fact, it's even more appealing because due to CGI, most of these exploding helicopters don't actually exist. So a real helicopter that's exploded, you need, you need to take advantage of that. I I think this could be a really big tourist industry. I might actually I might actually sort of set this up as kind of like a global tour of. Uh, exploding helicopter wreckage it's your calling will it's your calling i think you should really th- look into this it's i think it's the next step on really from um, <laughs> like a website and a podcast i think setting up a, a Go you know, to holidays yeah absolutely 
And uh, just whilst we're sort of talking about helicopters, I think one thing that I always find a bit slightly puzzling about this film is that, I mean, as, as we've already sort of touched on, there are absolute, this, this film is chock full of fantastic one-liners, but probably, arguably the most iconic one-liner in the, in the film is when Arnold Schwarzenegger yells, get to the chopper. And... Get to the chopper! Oh, sorry, I had to beat you to that one. <laughs> I, 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 I avoided it, and you know I can understand why you couldn't restrain yourself. But oh, um... I, can't, I can't resist. I cannot resist. These quotes are amazing. But what I find slightly odd, and I don't know if you can help me with this, Dara, is quite why that line has become so iconic because it's it's you know it's not particularly witty um it's not particularly i mean there is a quite a lot of drama in that scene but it's I just for me it just seems such a strange line to have become immortalized in the way that it has it's a good point actually i mean the only thing i can think of is exploding helicopters are a icon of 80s film and arnie's you know golden period with the 80s so what better way of associating him with that genre uh, by putting a chopper in, in, you know, having that, uh, having a chopper in the title of his f- most famous quote. He is a man. In fact, if uh, I recommend if any of the viewers have uh, got five minutes to kill, go to YouTube and there's, uh, I think you just have to type in Arnie quotes and someone, someone with a lot more time on his hands than us to has actually condensed all of Arnie's one liners in a, I think it's a 10 minute, youtube video and it's just things like go to the chopper stick around basically uh, you know all his famous lines all condensed it's amazing viewing i recommend it okay well i may have to uh, i may have to check that out myself so i think that just about wraps it up for today so i'd like to uh, thank dara for uh, coming on the show my pleasure anytime anytime <laughs> Uh, per- oh, that was uh, that was beautifully done. Um, if you've enjoyed what you've uh, heard, then please do check out the Exploding Helicopter website, which you can find at explodinghelicopter.blogspot.com. You can also follow Exploding Helicopter on Twitter at Chopper Fireball. And if you want to get in touch to let us know what you think or to suggest a film that you uh, that you want us to review, then you can email us at explodinghelicopter at hotmail.co.uk. Um, just remains to say uh, thanks to Tim for the music, and we'll be back soon. Until then, keep watching the skies. Thank you.